Six-woman tag team match live from Cardiff Wales. Little damage control tonight. We also have Shayna Baszler in her first title match in a long, long time against Liv Morgan. How will it go? But wait, there's going to be plenty more at the Clash. We also got Seth freaking Rollins. Versus Matt Riddle in a grudge match that was about to steal the show. And in the main event, Drew McIntyre in his homeland gets his title shot in a long, long time coming in the undisputed Universal Championship against Roman Reigns in Gaza. Alright, guys, welcome. I am Brian the Hype Ballard, and I'm here to give you the Clash at the Castle results and thoughts here on Tap Out Talk. It was a night. It was a crazy, crazy night or day, and we had a lot of stories progress. But one thing I want to say is the show did not disappoint. Let's go ahead and start in. Let's talk a little bit about what happened and what we got here. We got a lot going on. First up was the six-person tag team matchup. This is Damage Control, Bailey's new faction that debuted at SummerSlam with Io Sky and Dakota Kai against Asuka, Bliss, and Bianca Belair. The crowd was buzzing and singing uh, their song to Bailey in the beginning. A little throwback to her NXT days. You know, the oh, Bailey, ooh, ah, will you be my girl? That was playing all through the crowd through the majority of the beginning of this match. They want to know if she'll be their girl. Was Bailey the girl tonight? Bailey, the heel, tried to silence them. Bailey attacked Asuka on the apron to try to turn the crowd, but it really didn't work. Bianca Belair then punched Io Sky. The six women get in the ring and they square off before a big brawl breaks out. Belair is in the left in the ring with Bailey, and Belair connects with a right shoulder tackle. Belair shoulders her in the corner, and the corner then throws her before heading a drop kick. Belair kips up, boom, and then dances. Alright, so Belair's dancing. And I got one thing I'm noticing in this matchup. Um, it was nice to open with a little six-woman tag action. And I thought this was a great way to continue the story from SummerSlam as Bailey made her debut against Bianca um, in the match. So, And then it kind of forced Bianca into getting a team together. So, um, Let's go ahead and continue with the action here, though. Well, Bliss runs in um, to over, basically overwhelm you know, the overall match. Kai and Sky go for the double team suplex on Bliss, but Asuka stops it. Belair, Bliss, and Asuka then hit Bailey, Kai, and Sky with a triple team suplex. Belair then squashes the three women with a handspring moonsault for a one and a two. The crowd claps loudly 
as damage control recovers at ringside. Bailey gets in the ring and the crowd sings to her once again. This crowd was hot and they love singing some Bailey. So at this point, Bliss is also tagged in. They keep going back and forth. Uh, Bliss gets to the center of the ring and hits a double toe uh, drop, double uh, toe dro drop hold. Uh, Bliss hits insult to injury. Bliss goes for a tag, but Sky pulls her into the corner. Bailey tags in, and the crowd sings to her again. Bailey attacks Bliss and tags Kai in. Kai stomps Bliss to the ground and chokes her. Bailey tags back in, and Bliss is still singing in an incredible. It's really an incredible match. So, um, Bliss then at this point takes Bailey down, tags in Asuka. Bliss punches Bailey. Asuka follows up with a bulldog. Nice little move nod to the British Bulldog who competed back in 1992 in the good old days of the uh, SummerSlam event in which Bulldog and Hart main evented. So at this point, Asuka gets fired up. She drives her hip to Bailey's face. Asuka goes for the kick and Bailey blocks it and takes her down. Bailey pulls Asuka, but Asuka applies a waist lock. Sky tags in and Asuka sends her to apron. Bailey attacks from behind and hits Asuka with her the missile drop kick. Asuka then turns to the springboard missile drop kick from Sky, and then Sky peppers Asuka with a slap. Go, so Asuka strikes her. Sky bends under a kick and rolls her up for a one and a two. Sky connects with a big kick and tags in Dakota Kai. Kai then clubs Asuka down. The crowd claps, encouraging for Asuka crowd again keep very very much into this one kai takes asuka down for a one and a two again kai applies an arm bar tagging bailey back in bailey tags in to a huge reception of the crowd this crowd loves them some bailey i mean bailey was all the cat's meow on this one so ultimately bailey immediately tags out which upsets the crowd again Bailey playing the great heel here. I gotta be impressed, right? The crowd was loving Bailey, and Bailey was playing a great heel by telling them to shut up and doing this and that. And she tags in, they cheer, so she gives them what they don't want, and she tags out. That was a nice off the script moment for that situation. So at this point, um, they go back and forth. Bailey then, as she tags, uh, Bliss tags in. Bliss hits Bailey with a cannonball. And then Kai crushes her with a drop kick into the barricade. Kai gets Bliss in the ring and attacks her for a one and another two. Bliss sends Kai sends Bliss to the corner and chokes her with her boot. Sky tags in, um, stomps Bliss in the corner. Sky pulls Bliss to her feet and goes for a whip, but Bliss stays put. They exchange forearms before Sky whips her face first into the middle turnbuckle. Sky sends Bliss into the ropes and hits off the lapjack. Sky kips up and then sits on Bliss for a one and a two. Sky puts Bliss in the corner and Kai tags in. Dakota Kai stomps Bliss before tagging Sky, Eo Sky back in. Eo Sky applies a classic hammerlock and pulls on the hair a little bit. Bliss punches her way out and hits a jawbreaker. Absorbing in the action. Sky's in the corner. She hits the code red, but Kai is already blind tag so it's a little too late Kai smashes Bliss with a boot to the face and a near fall Bailey tags in Kai whips her to the into Bliss but Bliss drops Bailey out of the ring and Bliss then hits Kai with a hurricane rata Belair goes for a tag but Bailey pulls her off the apron Belair gets Bailey away 
and gets on the apron and Kai knocks her off the apron. Bliss slams Kai and Asuka tags in. It's a seesaw matchup back and forth. Asuka gives vicious knees all the way onto her face, hitting a stiff strike combo. Asuka connects with a German suplex and a sliding kick before covering, but Bailey and Kai break up the pin. Bliss runs in and punches Kai out of the ring. Bailey hits Bliss with a Bailey to belly. Asuka blocks the kick from Sky as Sky kicks her in the face. Bailey tags in with a and wrenches the arm. Sky runs and hits a sunset flip on Asuka before setting her up with a Bailey to hit a diving clothesline. So then what do you got? You have Bailey that picks up a near fall at this point. Bailey approaches Asuka, but Asuka tags Bailey down. Remember these matches these guys used to have? They're now on the main roster. I remember Asuka and Bailey in NXT. Belair basically shows Bailey in the corner at this point before having to whip to the um, to the opposite corner with an Irish whip. Belair slingshots over her and does a backflip and hits a spine buster. Belair um, stands and hits a standing moonsault for a near fall. I gotta say, in this matchup, it is nice to see how far Bianca Belair has developed as champion. I said when they gave her the title at the very first WrestleMania that it was a little too soon. She needed to marinate a little more. That marination occurred in working with a returning Becky Lynch in that last year and capitalizing at this year's mania this past season. That ultimately has set up with Bianca Belair to be able to hold her own now without a seasoned veteran. So that's a, you know huge for her career. All right, continuing with the action, Kai goes to the top rope, but Belair forearms her. Belair presses Kai above her head and dropping her into the arms. Belair uses Kai's legs to take out Sky before hitting a fallaway slam. Belair goes for a pin, but Kai holds the bottom rope. Kai goes for a scorpion kick, but Belair hits a powerbomb. Belair goes to the rope and dives, and it lands in her feet. When Kai moves, Kai hits a nasty scorpion kick. Kai goes for a running big boot. Belair moves once again and goes for the KOD, the kiss of death. And Sky pulls Kai down. Bailey pulls the braid as Kai attacks Belair. Belair tags in. Now you got Bailey tagged in with Belair, and they hit a rose plant. Sky immediately follows with an over the moon salt, and Bailey then covers Belair for the one, the two, and the three. Bailey covers Belair, the women's champion, for the pin, and this damage control wins the women's tag match. Well, guys, I'm going to say this. This one ended with damage control winning and proving themselves as an established group. I like it. All the way from the beginning, you had the other team of Bianca Belair and Bliss and Asuka. They all had separate entrances, right? They just like three girls thrown together. But damage control looked like a unit. They had a mixed entrance that all included them and they were labeled as damage control so i like this trio of batty women that are actually taking the wwe by storm so it's a good group it's a good bailey veteran leadership with two stars that have come up that are experienced but come up from nxt so um more to watch from these girls but the right winner occurred here and it was damage control i felt like damage control was the event and the theme of this pay-per-view i feel like this is the first major pay-per-view where the wwe 
was in damage control mode to try to repair its roster tonight and fix things that were starting to get out of control in the previous regime. And I would say Triple H and Stephanie McMahon have done a great job tonight trying to get things going in the right direction. Speaking of the right direction, we continue with an Intercontinental Championship match. And why not? Clash at the Castle is the first, like I said, pay-per-view since 1992. And the Intercontinental Championship was headlined at that event in Wembley Stadium at SummerSlam when the British Bulldog and Bret Hart did battle over the Intercontinental Championship in a main event. Why not have the Intercontinental Championship back here in Cardiff, Wales, right? And what we had is we had the champion Gunther going against Sheamus. So two foreigners fighting back in the land here. So this starts out and we got a nice little, you know, reunion of we, Imperium. We actually get the other member of Imperium pulled back up from the NXT roster. So Imperium is now back together with Gunther leading the pack. Um, so this matchup just went back and forth, and they actually really had a nice go about these two. Um, one thing I want to say is, you know, immediately the bell rings, they start fighting, and I mean just flat out fighting. Gunther hits some nasty forearms uh, before Sheamus knocks them back, and Sheamus and Gunther are just blasting each other with potatoes back and forth. Gunther shoulder blocks Sheamus um, in the back and then boots him down. Sheamus smiles as he checks his teeth. This one's going to be nasty. They beat each other up and bruise each other within the first five minutes of this match. Bump, Gunther then goes for a suplex, but Sheamus reverses it on him. Sheamus puts him in the corner, but Gunther boots him back. And then Sheamus responds with some right hands before having a whip reversed on him. Gunther lowers his head and eats the kick. Sheamus knocks him on the apron and grabs him for a 10 beats count. Um, so he basically gives him the 10 beats of those chest slaps. Uh, Baldwin. Um, Gunther fights it and gets away before he get hits one. Sheamus boots Gunther in the head and they're at ringside now. Sheamus wins Gunther into the steel steps. Sheamus gets Gunther in the ring and goes for the 10 beats of Baldwin again. Um, Gunther powers out and forearms him. Sheamus knocks him back and gets him in the ring. Gunther gets Sheamus in the corner, chops the chest, Gunther backs up and charges, but Sheamus boots him down. Sheamus pulls himself to the top rope, but Gunther crushes him with a chop that sends him to the floor. Gunther exposes the bottom half of the steel steps and chops Sheamus. Gunther then scoops and slams Sheamus onto the steps. Sheamus barely beats the count into the ring as he's already so worn out in this match and his chest is just looking so rough. Um, Gunther viciously chops away again at Sheamus's chest and clubs him down. Gunther slams him back with a kick into the spine. Gunther chops the chest a few more times and Sheamus' chest is again looking extremely discolored already. Sheamus tries to fight back, but Gunther viciously clubs him and boots him in the face. Gunther leans Sheamus against the ropes and annihilates his chest with chops. I tell you what guys, if you want to see some real crazy action with some chest beating. This is the match for you guys. Sheamus has a cut also on his shoulder at this point, and his chest is becoming quite bloody overall. Um, Sheamus then looks you know, kind of psychotic as he pulls himself to his feet in defiance. Gunther quickly clubs him back down and grabs the leg. Gunther tries to cover him, but Sheamus fights up. Gunther chops him back and chops him right in the back. 
and Sheamus tries to fight back and they exchange punches in the center of the ring. Sheamus chops him a few more times and Gunther wrenches his arm and smashes his chest with another chop. Sheamus is down on the mat at this point and you can just see the sweat flying off his chest at, with that, those different chops. And I will tell you this, Gunther has, aka Walter, one of the hardest chops I've seen in the WWE. So Gunther pulls him back to his feet, takes him down with a short chop, and Gunther pulls him to the back of the chops, but Sheamus falls to his knees. Sheamus definitely looks into Gunther's eyes and blocks another chop. Sheamus visually forearms him in the face a few times, and the crowd just cheers him on and is loving it. This crowd, again, two great matches. Gunther quickly backs him into the corner. Gunther follows him, you know, gets him knocked out of the ring and follows him right to the outside and hits a scoop slam on the floor. Gunther gets Sheamus to his feet and throws him to over the commentary table. Sheamus pops up and attacks Gunther before leaning him over the tables, starting with a 10 beats of the Bodron again. Gunther gets away and he gets in the ring. Sheamus takes Gunther down and gets him on the apron. That's the story here. Sheamus, I feel like, is just avoiding and running from Gunther trying to survive. Sheamus now hits a proper and Sheamus is trying to get his hands on Gunther and now he gets 10 more beats on him. And then the crowd loudly roots Sheamus on. The crowd is all in on Sheamus on this one. Sheamus follows Gunther out of the ring and then knocks him into the crowd. Sheamus quickly pops up and Gunther leans over the barricade before doing at least 15 beats of Bodron. Gunther stumbles away and Sheamus puts him in the ring. Sheamus with his chest is a sickening shade of a beet red basically and it goes to the top rope and hits a diving knee drop. Sheamus poses for the crowd and looks down at the fallen Intercontinental Champion, the ring general, Gunther. And Sheamus pulls Gunther onto his shoulders, but Gunther slides off a forearm in his back. They exchange vicious punches and chops at the center of the ring. Sheamus is clearly the crowd favorite here. Gunther ducks a right hand and hits a German suplex. An infuriated Sheamus gets to his feet and Gunther knocks him back, but Sheamus immediately responds with a nasty knee to the face for a near fall. The crowd chants, this is awesome, this is awesome. Sheamus, chest is bleeding. Sheamus goes for an Irish curse, but Gunther elbows him in the head a few times to get out of it. Gunther applies a sleeper hold, and Sheamus drops the knee. Sheamus then gets a burst of energy and powers up, and, Gun and go goes uh, on Gunther for the white noise. Guys, this match was making me tired watching it. Um, this match, back and forth, and this was just a slugfest. This was a brawler slugfest. So this was like a Belfast brawler type matchup, right? So um, continuing on here, then we get Sheamus elbow Sam in the back again. Gunther responds with a drop kick. Gunther hits a power bomb, but it is a little bit of weaker one, and then Sheamus kicks out at two and a point uh, five. Sheamus holds his tailbone as that's where the impact of the power bomb was really felt. Gunther attacks the lower back of Sheamus and goes to the top rope. Sheamus attacks him and chops away at him. Gunther slaps him in the face a few more times and Gunther and, uh, chops to the chest and Sheamus to the knees. Gunther stands on the top rope, but Sheamus kicks his legs out from under him. Sheamus is then set up and hits a Celtic cross. Sheamus hasn't hit that move in... I can't remember the last time I've actually seen the Celtic cross from Sheamus. It's been years, I feel. Sheamus falls over, or crawls over, and Gunther goes for a near fall. 
Sheamus sets up a brogue kick. There's a move we like to see. As he goes for the kick, the lower back tightens up and he can't hit the move. Gunther hits another weak power bomb and Sheamus starts to get uh, to his feet. Gunther is infuriated and annihilates Sheamus with a lariat for the victory. One, two, three. Gunther is still your new and current Intercontinental Champion. So, the rest of Imperium, Giovanni and Ludwig, come down to the ringside to celebrate with Gunther. And, as you guys know, Imperium is now back in the WWE altogether. Let's move ahead with the action. Next up, we have the SmackDown Women's Championship. Liv Morgan versus Shayna Baszler. And I will say this, you guys. Liv Morgan has done an amazing job. The WWE is doing a really good job with Liv Morgan's title reign. Um, I love that fact. I said back in January at the Royal Rumble, they ought to just play the hot hand with Liv and see how long it rides out for. And Dragon's Breath and Fire here at the Clash that is playing the hot hand. So... The bell rings in this one, and Baszler goes for an armbar immediately. That is the story here tonight, is the armbar leading up into Shayna Baszler promising to break Liv Morgan's arm. Morgan drops down and rolls her up for a two-count. Baszler goes for um, a Kirafuda clutch, but Morgan gets out. Morgan takes her down and implies a chin lock. Baszler gets out, and Morgan rolls her up for another two-count. Morgan smiles at her. It should be noted here that Corey Graves made a good point and Michael Cole that in order to prepare for this match with a UFC uh, former fighter that um, Liv Morgan has actually been training with Matt Riddle who's also a former UFC fighter so it was a great way of storytelling of you know Liv's confidence and being able to counter some of these UFC typical MMA type moves so back into the action though they go back and forth on the arm Baszler goes outside and drives Morgan's arm into the barricade Baszler um, then puts her in the ring for a two count. Baszler grabs the arm and toys around with her before stretching the arm out. Morgan knocks her back and hits some, you know, boots. Uh, Baszler charges, but Morgan slingshots over her. And Morgan charges, but Baszler easily clotheslines her for another two count. You feel like um, Morgan is definitely the one that's trying to work around Baszler in this matchup. And Baszler is definitely the dominant force. So, at this point... Um, this arm is also, you know, we're reminded that it's viciously recovering from a Ronda Rousey attack at SummerSlam just about five weeks ago. Baszler grabs Morgan and applies an overhead wrist lock. Morgan knees Baszler in the head to get out, and Morgan avoids a kick and hits a jawbreaker, and Morgan rolls under a big boot and goes for the second rope and hits a missile dropkick. Both women are down. The referee begins the count. One, two, three, four... You know how that goes. And Morgan pulls. Baszler, she gets up, pulls her to the feet. Morgan comes then to the, Baszler misses a knee in the corner. Morgan goes to the second row, but Baszler knees out of frustration, really. Baszler screams in frustration again and asks, what is wrong with Morgan? I'm just mad that she's not giving up. Baszler positions the arm and pulls her hair tie out. Morgan twists out and goes for a triangle choke. Baszler then tries to power her up, basically, and Morgan fights her all the way. Morgan then applies an arm bar on Baszler. And then at this point, Baszler and them fight to their feet. And they stomp away on Morgan's injured arm. And Baszler looking very dominant. Baszler turns her inside with a gut wrench front slam. Baszler covers Morgan. Somehow kicks out before the three count. Baszler forearms Morgan. 
to the corner and puts her on the top rope. Baszler wrenches the arm onto the top rope. Morgan punches and slides out. Morgan pulls Baszler's arm a few times and drives her face into the turnbuckle. Morgan then charges up a sunset flip powerbomb for a near fall. Baszler pops in the pin and then goes for the clutch again. Morgan gets out of it. So Baszler applies an arm bar. Baszler's arm is injured. So she cannot use two hands to apply the hold. Morgan, this allows her to roll to the bottom rope to break the hold. Baszler then goes for the Kirafita clutch again. But Morgan fights out. Morgan hits a code breaker and follows up with an oblivion for the win. And you're still your current SmackDown Women's Champion, Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan, you guys, is still the current champion and well-deserved. She is now going on a MMA-like streak against Ronda Rousey a couple times. Shayna Baszler. Um, I gotta wonder who's next. Maybe, maybe she's ready for Asuka. I think that would be a nice, another, you know, technical kind of fighter for her to kind of slice through. But this Liv Morgan story, um, some people like it, some people don't, right? I feel like they are doing a good move here with the WWE. And it's something they just kind of need to keep moving forward. So, well played. All right, guys, just want to say real quick, like, share, subscribe. Love having you guys. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to me. Let's get back in. All right, our next matchup was Edge and Rey Mysterio going against the Judgment Day. And the Judgment Day would be consisted of Finn Balor and Damian Priest with Rhea Ripley at ringside. And in this case, Edge is the former creator of Judgment Day. Um, and he created the group, then he got Finn Balor to join, and then the whole group turned on Edge, forcing him to team up with the Mysterios, causing a little bit of jealousy. And um, as Mysterio was teaming up with Edge, leaving Dominic in the corner of this matchup to play the support role, and Dominic did a good job supporting during the match. I will get on that. So, uh, as the entrances come into this one, Ray Mysterio makes his way to the ring with Dominic, his son, and then the commentators talk about Dominic has possible jealousy tendencies towards Edge lately. And then Edge comes out with a massive pop wearing a luchador mask. I was a little worried uh, that he was going to wear this for the match. And I was like, ooh, how's Edge going to wrestle in the mask, you know? Uh, but then he does remove it once he gets in the ring. Finn Balor start basically comes out. They come out as a unit. Finn, Damian Priest, right? Judgment Day all comes out together. And then Finn Balor starts out against Rey Mysterio. Balor punches Mysterio into the corner before whipping him across the ring. Balor hits a running chop and a block up. And Balor whips him to the opposite corner. But Mysterio slingshots over him and kicks out of the way. Balor kicks him with a mid-section and goes for a sunset flip. But Mysterio rolls through the kicks um, and kicks him in the head. Mysterio knocks him back and hits a head-scissor takeover. Balor is looking very dizzy, right? and stumbles into the corner. Damian Priest now at this point tags in. All right, so we got a lot of luchador action really quick in the beginning for the first two. So I feel like um, that was a good way to start with, you know, you always want to start with Ray in these kind of matches. You want to get like some nice high-powered offense going on. And then at that point, you can kind of flip and switch gears a little bit, right? So Damian Priest at this point, again, tags in. Priest points to Edge, and he says, I want him in the ring. Cardiff crowd loudly cheers as Edge is now tagged in and we are getting you know these two finally Priest quickly drops Edge to his knees 
and with a right hand to the face, Priest throws Edge in the corner, punches away at him, and Priest whips Edge to the corner. But Mysterio lays across the top rope and protects Edge. Edge quickly punches away at Priest, and Balor tries to protect Priest on a whip to the corner, but Edge reverses it. Edge then kicks Balor in the ribs, and Edge sends Priest out to the ring and tags in Mysterio. So now we get an Edge, and we got Priest in the second phase of this match going back and forth, which this story started back at WrestleMania when Edge started Judgment Day, and Priest was coming to the ring to his aid in a match against AJ Styles, if you remember. So, continuing on, Mysterio now is in. Mysterio hits the ropes and rolls up Edge, um, and, and Edge throws Mysterio out of the ring onto ba ba Finn Balor, and Priest, right on to Priest as well. Um, Mysterio has Priest in the ring and goes for a moonsault, but Priest counters with a modified broken arrow, and Priest angrily punches away at Mysterio and then boots him to the corner. Priest looks at Edge and hits a running elbow on Mysterio. Balor tags in and hits a slingshot stomp. Balor taunts the crowd and puts Mysterio in the corner. Priest, at this point, tags in. Just a little more tag action back and forth right now at this point. And they're going a little bit back and forth. Priest picks up a two count during as they continue on with him and Mysterio. Priest is doing the chin lock thing, some ground moves just to kind of get some rest holds in there. Mysterio fights up and Priest sends him to the ropes. But Priest lowers his head and he, he accidentally eats a kick. So at this point, uh, Priest looks at Edge and he spits at him. Balor tags in and Priest kicks Mysterio and Balor joins in. Balor hits a scissor or two count and Balor starts up the three amigos but stops after one and clubs Mysterio. Rhea Ripley's laughing at ringside. Balor applies a rear chin lock. Mysterio fights up so Balor tags Priest in and Priest attacks Mysterio and knocks him out of the ring. Continuing on, Priest distracts the referee at this point. Balor then allows him to go for the attack on Mysterio at ringside but Mysterio gives him a back body drop over the barricade taking him out. Mysterio stands on top of the barricade, so Priest leaps up and goes for a powerbomb, and Mysterio gets out and crotches Priest on the barricade with a sound that will basically live on in the wrestling meme history. Priest hums in the high pitch, so when Priest drops onto the barricade, it's a very um, cheeky moment. His cheeks are like fluttering like a chicken. He's like, oh, 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 oh. and it was kind of a little goofy, but uh, you were believing the pain as well. Mysterio then gets back in the ring, tags in at Edge. Edge runs wild on Balor and Priest, and Edge knocks Priest out of the ring and hits Balor with an education. Edge sizes up Balor, but Mysterio hits Priest with a seated senton off the apron, and Edge drops Balor onto the ropes and hits a 6-1-9. Edge, that's right. Edge hit a 619. Although it wasn't his move, he didn't do too bad at it. Edge covers, but Priest breaks it up with a kick to the head. Priest goes for a choke slam. Mysterio comes flying in off the top ropes, but Edge spears him or off the top ropes on, but Edge then spears um, him off the apron to the floor. Balor grabs Mysterio and slides him out of the ring. Balor sits, hits Edge with a sling blade coming back in the ring, and then Rhea Ripley claps on for Balor. Balor's in full control at this point. Um, and at this point, 
Dominic runs in and distracts the referee. So this is the point in the match where you're like, what's going on with Dominic? But he does. He comes back in. He distracts the referee for his father and Edge. And then Ray grabs Balor and hits a wild top rope Perkinrata. And Rhea Ripley grabs Dominic off the apron and throws him into the barricade a few times before lifting him. Ray then hits a suicide dive on Dominic and to knock Ripley off the barricade. Back in the ring, Mysterio drops Balor into the ropes. Mysterio goes for his version of the 619, but Balor clotheslines him before kicking out, basically kicking him out of the ring. Balor sets up a plancha, but Dominic sweeps the feet, so Dominic very much still in this matchup and being involved. And then what happens is Ray drops Balor into the ropes, hits a 619, Edge immediately follows up with a spear for the win. Boom! Just like that, that action ended quick. Ray and Edge celebrate in the ring. And Dominic gets in the ring to celebrate with him. But all of a sudden, guys, Dominic betrays and kicks Edge right in the groin. And the crowd boos loudly. His father, Ray, holds him back and tries to talk some sense into him. And Dominic then lays out a vicious clothesline on his own father. Wow. That actually happened. They actually pulled the trigger on Dominic Mysterio being a heel from his father. Ray is in tears and he's asking why as an angry Dominic walks off. Dominic rips off his Mysterio shirt and walks back to a lot of loud boos. The Judgment Day sees it and they just laugh. And after a few moments, there's a recovery. Edge and Ray Mysterio get to their feet and sadly embrace in the ring. It's interesting to see where they're going to go with the Mysterio Dominic storyline. This has been a long time coming, you guys. So um, it's definitely about time. And I think it was well executed. I like the fact that he didn't turn and join Judgment Day. But he did advance a storyline tonight. And was able to push the storyline now that the Judgment Day storyline is over with. So I do like that. Um, I do want to note, too, with uh, Dominic here tonight before we move ahead. Dominic um, was rocking a very um, Eddie Guerrero-like hairstyle you can see right and you know the lie cheat steal aspect so you know i think that might have been a nice foreclusion also on a turn all right guys so let's jump back in here though we got um riddle coming up next in the grudge match and with this one you know you got riddle and seth rollins okay and this one was just all back and forth and this one just went back forth back forth left right up down right and then um these guys come out um seth rollins comes out in a devilish elton john like style outfit and then basically they get in the ring and riddle comes out to his typical bro stuff um and this time you know jumps in the ring kicks off the flip-flops that whole deal Riddle gets Rollins um, in the ring, and they do a pair of gut wrench suplexes, and Rollins pulls him up and stuns Riddle with a kick. And then um, these guys have you know a back and forth match. The crowd is singing, and Rollins—they're uh, basically singing Rollins' theme song throughout the whole match. So this crowd again was just on fire tonight, you guys. Um, and then we look. Riddle holds up the ropes and hits a hurricane rattle on the floor, and Riddle goes for a running kick but Rollins blocks it right so at this point you know they go back and forth for some more dives and some more moves and at this point after back and forth and they show kind of some of the grudge matching stuff 
you can really see just this back and forth between the two. Rollins gets, you know, later in the match, um, some he gets a floating bro, and Rollins goes for a stomp, but Riddle moves. Riddle soon then gets Rollins on a triangle choke, and Rollins seems to be fading, but then he gets a burst of energy and hits Riddle with a bro Derek, and Rollins covers, but Riddle um, gets his shoulder barely up. The crowd is singing Rollins music again because they love singing. And I just love this about the Cardiff Wells crowd. I mean, they just made it to where WWE definitely wants to keep coming back here. Um, Rollins goes to the top rope for a Phoenix Splash. He lands on his feet when Riddle moves. And Riddle kicks away at him and hits a snap kick. Um, Riddle kips up and Rollins forearm him right in the face, right? And Rollins goes for a stomp. But Riddle, you know, obviously continues on. So the crowd chants, this is awesome. This is awesome. So at that point, Riddle's wife, he starts talking about Riddle's wife. Rollins talks about him and how he's a loser and how his wife left him, which was a main story arc for this story. So that was good to kind of tie that in during a match. And at this point, they keep going back and forth and they're hitting like DDTs. And then Rollins sets up for an RKO, but Riddle counters it because he knows that move because of his tag team partner, Randy Orton. And Riddle then turns him around and clubs away at the spine. Riddle knocks Rollins out of the ring and smashes his face at this point on the commentator table a number of times in revenge. And Riddle grabs a chair and swings and Rollins avoids it. And Rollins gets in the ring and hits Riddle with a stomp as he comes into the ring. Rollins goes for the second rope and hits a diving stomp for the win. So at this point, Seth Rollins has gotten his first win at Clash in the Castle since January on a pay-per-view where he got a disqualification win against Roman Reigns for the Universal title. So I think it was the right move here because you got to keep a semi-main eventer. Seth Rollins is a main eventer. Um, Matt Riddle is a competitor. I still think he's mid, right? Um, I don't see the value. I, I don't say that. Let's see the value Everybody loves Matt Riddle. I'm just not a big Riddle guy, right? Like, you know, he's, you know, it's definitely more of a question for me, right? See what I did there? So basically, I do like Rollins, even though he plays this little kind of crazy character. And I feel like, you know, the WWE did a good job of protecting its main eventer in Rollins, but also elevating Riddle to a good match that the crowd is really behind him. So that really did a good job getting both guys to kind of, you know, come out of their nest a little bit. So at the end of the day, it was Seth Rollins getting the win in hot fire fashion and, um, you know, very much needed. So I, I would definitely agree with this call. All right, guys. And now we're getting to the main event. We are getting to the Roman Reigns defending his title against Drew McIntyre. We get in the ring. Samantha Irvin, the announcer, is doing the introductions and Drew Gets a big ovation. Roman receives loud boos. And he almost looks like he can't believe it. You are in McIntyre country at this point. And Drew was so over here. It was insane. Rain, they go face to face. The referee, Charles Robinson, one of my favorite referees there, holds up two world titles up for the prize. Um, and at one point, I kind of think, you know, when are we going to actually get these titles merged? Like, they've been carrying around the universe and the WWE title together and I thought at Mania we had these merged, so let's get a new title. And at this point, I don't even care about a title redesign because I know that's all about the WWE branding. But what if we did this? What if we took those titles 
and then we replace them with a new title that looks very similar, maybe a little slightly different variation. And what if we did a gray background leather with white diamonds? And that is the WWE Championship. Something to think about WWE because um, carrying two belts is getting a little bit tiring, right? So anyway, the belt uh, rings, they stare at each other, they lock up, and these two strong bulls are just going back and forth for most of the match. McIntyre eventually powers him into the corner before giving him a clean break. They circle in the ring and it locks up again and Reigns applies a side headlock and cinches it in. McIntyre backs it off and Reigns gets into the ropes. And at this point, McIntyre intimidates Reigns and back into the corner. Reigns puts himself through the ropes, and the crowd is loud for this match. Man, McIntyre points at Reigns and smirks. And he basically is just saying, yes, this is my area, right? McIntyre whips him off and shoulders the tackle for an undisputed WWE Universal Champion down. And then Roman Reigns rolls out of the ring. Reigns looks very worried. And it's interesting tonight because, you know, there is no Usos tonight. And, um, you know, Corey Graves mentioned, you know, there's no Usos because they couldn't be cleared physically. You know, and some might say that Roman Reigns is going solo tonight. And that's going to come into play a little bit later, if you know what I'm saying. So at this point... Um, we get sweeps to the feet. McIntyre then hits the 10 punches on Reigns. McIntyre hits the ropes, clotheslines Reigns over the top. McIntyre follows him out of the ring and whips him into the steel steps. McIntyre gets in the ring and stops the count. McIntyre then goes and grabs Reigns before the water bottle is thrown at him. There's a water bottle randomly thrown at Reigns on the outside, um, or more like towards McIntyre. And you hear... Um, you know, Michael Cole say, okay, fans, let's not start this right now. And McIntyre starts actually approaching Karrion Cross, who is standing behind the barricade at ringside. And Reigns takes advantage of the distraction. So Karrion Cross actually is starting to pick a fight with McIntyre. He's the one that threw the bottle. And so this is definitely going to be a future feud between these two, which I'm looking forward to extremely. Um, and maybe at extreme rules. McIntyre just barely makes it to the ring before being counted out. Reigns is in disbelief. Reigns kicks away, and McIntyre covers for a one and a two. Reigns clubs away at McIntyre, and they're just going back and forth, and Reigns punches McIntyre, and McIntyre snaps him off of the rope. McIntyre gets in the ring, but Reigns hits a leaping clothesline for a one count. Reigns is shocked, and Reigns applies a neck vice, but McIntyre absolutely fights out. Reigns reverses a whip and then connects with a big boot for another count, McIntyre gets to his feet and chops Reigns on the chest. Reigns reverses the whip to the corner, and McIntyre falls to the main, to basically to the mat in pain. And then Reigns talks a lot of trash at McIntyre and throws the sweat from his chest onto him, which I love that idea. And then uh, McIntyre responds with some chops to the chest, and so Reigns cuts off the momentum with a kick to the midsection. Reigns punches away at McIntyre and leaves him laying on the mat. Reigns pulls McIntyre to his feet and goes back for a suplex, and then McIntyre blocks it. They block each other's suplexes, and a few times Reigns just punches him down in frustration. You can tell the champion's definitely wondering what to do, trying to talk himself into this. And then he grabs a microphone, getting annoyed with the crowd, and he says, Cardiff, acknowledge me. Um, the crowd boos even louder. It was a great time just to kick the crowd back up into it. And then he flattens them with... He is actually flattened with a Glasgow kiss, a.k.a. a headbutt from McIntyre. 
Both men are down. They slowly pull themselves to their feet, and they start trading punches in the middle of the ring. And I can't remember the last time we've seen a really good long Roman Reigns match. And I think that you know a lot of it is because Roman's been battling Brock Lesnar for so long. We know those matches are always going a little bit shorter, and they're different kind of style matches. Um, so I really enjoyed here seeing Roman Reigns in a very long title defense all by himself, trying to hold his own as a champion. And I think it's going really well. McIntyre puts Reigns on the top rope, again for a suplex, and Reigns fights out and crotches McIntyre on the rope. Reigns punches McIntyre down, and so McIntyre pulls the hair. Reigns punches McIntyre into the tree of, uh, the tree of woe in the corner. McIntyre then sits up and slams Reigns off the rope. And then McIntyre sits up for a second, and uh, Reigns gets out of the ring for a recovery time, and McIntyre follows him, but Reigns stuns him with some punches. So Reigns, again, is they're just going back and forth on the outside. And then at this point, um, there's a, some, they get back in the ring, and there's some more near-fall pin situations. McIntyre lifts Reigns, but he slides off. Reigns hits a standing urinig, and then commentators call um, basically a rock bottom for a two-count. Reigns sets up for a Superman punch, but McIntyre avoids it and hits a future shock DDT. And then Reigns counters down and charges but Reigns hits a Superman punch for a near fall both men are down and they really take their time before getting up Reigns is first to his feet and he looks completely intense Reigns sizes up McIntyre and goes for a spear but McIntyre kicks him in the face they hit the ropes and Reigns hits a spear and McIntyre just barely kicks out this stadium is going unglued at this point Reigns is incredibly that he hasn't put McIntyre away and he's not used to these matches going this long and then having this much fight. Reigns grabs McIntyre, walking towards him, applies a guillotine choke, thinking he's going to choke him out. The crowd wills McIntyre on and McIntyre powers Reigns in the corner. Reigns doesn't let go and Grape finds the body and McIntyre still standing at the beginning to fade. Um, the referee checks on McIntyre and he keeps... You know, with his arm up, McIntyre gets out by overpowering Reigns. So McIntyre is fighting back. He counts down. And he goes for a Claymore kick, but Reigns counters with a spear. Reigns covers, and it's it's at this point, it's ready, but no. McIntyre's kicks out, and you're thinking, what the heck does he have to do? Drew McIntyre has kicked out of two spears from Roman Reigns. Reigns slowly gets to his feet and confirms with referee Charles Robinson that it was a three-count and Reigns threatens to slap him. McIntyre hits Reigns with a Claymore kick to the back of the head, knocking Charles Robinson out of the ring as well. All of a sudden, we get Austin Theory's music hitting, and he's running down to the ring, and for the second time in a row at a pay-per-view, Austin Theory is trying to cash in at Money in the Bank. He hands over the briefcase, and then all of a sudden, sitting at ringside is pro boxer Tyson Fury, and he levels him with a punch. Reigns, at this point, uh, Austin Theory got knocked out. And we didn't see him for the rest of the match. He got knocked out and probably knocked 20 feet away, it felt like. And it was just out of nowhere, like a sucker punch, right? And so, you know what I was thinking? Uh, Theory versus Tyson Fury might be a fun attraction match just to see where that would go as a little revenge for the next pay-per-view, maybe. Um, so at this point... Um, you know, it goes on. Reigns gets in the ring with a steel chair, but McIntyre catches him with a Claymore kick. The referee is in the ring, 
and McIntyre covers one, two, and a kick out, and the crowd is in, again in disbelief. McIntyre and Range exchange punches from their knees. They're both on the ground punching, and then there's some Glasgow ki- kisses with the headbutts, and then McIntyre avoids a Superman punch and spears down, and then all of a sudden, um, and he spears down Reigns. McIntyre avoids the punch, spears Reigns. McIntyre hits a Claymore kick. One, two, it's over. No, it's not. A referee is pulled out of the ring, and there is a hooded figure that pulled the referee out. And as we see, it's revealed to be the younger brother of Jimmy and Jay Uso, Solo Sokoa. And as I mentioned, Roman Reigns is now going solo. Sokoa grabs McIntyre and snaps him off the top rope. Reigns quickly hits a spear and retains the title at, with a distraction. 734 days and counting now. It's interesting how they used Solo Sokoa to get Reigns to become the WWE champion again and keep the reign going, right? Um, Solo Sokoa, I liked how they introduced him and said he is the younger and nastier of all of the Uso brothers. Uh, he's been hiding down in NXT as a supreme fighter, and he is now, you know, um, he's the supreme fighting machine. He's like Kama Mustafa, right, from back in the day. So basically um, what happens then is, Roman Reigns celebrates in the ring. Boxing legend Tyson Fury gets in the ring. And Fury shakes hands as a sign of respect. And the crowd is booing like crazy with Roman. Roman then looks at Solo Sokoa at ringside and walks off with him and says, Come on. And the bloodline now has a new member. So you have the Usos, Solo Sokoa, and Roman Reigns. Not a bad little quad you know, group. Um, a, a good little stable at this point, right? So the bloodline is there. Tyson Fury walks around the ring before he helps drew mcintyre up and you're thinking okay uh, what's going on here well fury puts his arm around mcintyre they get a nice ovation theory says some nice kind words there and at this point it gets a little cheesy um this is what then fury starts to sing the song american pie i don't know why um and the crowd they kind of join in they're really kind of forced to it's like hey okay we're gonna sing but i really don't want to uh, McIntyre then says it didn't go quite as well as he wanted, but the island showed itself better than Roman Reigns' island of relevancy. McIntyre said that he will not give up and that he will do what he has to get his titles back. Um, and then they try again with the singing. And McIntyre asks Fury to do Sweet Caroline, and Fury doesn't know the song, which is kind of hilarious. And then McIntyre sings Don't Look Back in Anger by Oasis. And McIntyre and Fury celebrate in the ring. Um, so for me, they were still on the air with all the singing. I like him addressing the crowd. I like, you know, that's usually uh, after the dark when the lights are out kind of thing. But I didn't mind that. Um, but for me, I did not like the idea of the singing and ending the pay-per-view on such a goofy note. Um, and I think they thought the crowd was so hot that they could just do whatever they wanted and they would get away with it, right? So they're like, oh, we got the crowd. We got them one over so far, so tonight we'll they'll do you know anything we want you know we can throw them fish and they'll clap like seals and i don't think that's what happened in cardiff wales so but let's get in here and let's talk about clash at the castle my final thoughts so here's where i'm at guys um i like where we went with clash at the castle tonight 
I like that the WWE played it safe with a safe amount of matches. They played it very well with the women's match opening. You had a great Intercontinental title match, which is so important to this event, and start getting that title back to relevancy. So good job to Gunther, and good job to Sheamus to bringing that title back in the right step. I also want to talk about um, the turn on Dominic Mysterio that was really well handled. Um, Dominic Mysterio helped his father in Edge win over Judgment Day. Um, but the little thing was there, like I said, with Eddie Guerrero type hairstyle. And then all of a sudden, you're going to get Dominic versus Rey Mysterio. And um, I'm interested to see what that does now, that they're kind of maybe looking to work a program. So also, in the main event, how can we not talk about Solo Sokoa and the newest member of the Bloodline? So for me, Cardiff Wales did an amazing job as a crowd. I like Clash of the Castle. I like the pay-per-view. It did enough for me to keep me entertained but not bore me out. And, you know, definitely come back there again next year. The crowd was great. The atmosphere was great. The stage was great. And I want to look at it like this. WWD did a great job of progressing storylines but also giving you good matches. I can't think of the last time when Roman Reigns had a long title match. I am a fan of Roman winning this title and keeping it tonight. Roman is now going on over two years as WWE Champion. Some people don't like that. I actually am a big fan of these long title rings, as you guys know. And I feel like it builds credibility back up to an almost dead WWE. And having Roman have such a long title, whoever eventually beats him for this title is going to be a made man. And it's going to create an ultimate babyface star that the WWE truly needs. And I feel like in the future that man could be none other than Cody Rhodes. And I think that was the plan all along. Guys, from Cardiff Wills, I'm Bry the Hype Ballard. And I just want to say that's my final thoughts on the WWE Clash. Good night and thank you. And like we say around here, thanks for watching. Like, share, and subscribe. And it's not goodbye. It's just game over.